0: Up next on Teaching Gwinnett, two of Gwinnett County Public Schools' Teachers of the Year stopped by to discuss going through the selection process, what it was like to hold the title, and what the candidates vying to be the 2022 Teacher of the Year are going through. After that, some of this year's Teacher of the Year candidates share some of their innovative teaching techniques, and we close the show with another edition of Pop Quiz. The Teacher of the Year Takeover Show is next on Teaching Gwinnett. Hello and welcome to a special edition of Teaching Gwinnett, a Gwinnett County Public Schools podcast. I'm your host, Bernard Watson, and today... I have the pleasure of sharing the hosting duties of the show with my friends, Ms. Rebecca Carlisle and Ms. Katie Blum. Now, I know them as talented, positive, incredibly energetic educators from North Gwinnett High School and Sugar Hill Elementary School. You, the audience, well, you might know them as the respective 2020 and 2021 Gwinnett County Public Schools Teacher of the Year. We have some teaching royalty in the house tonight, people. The best of the best when it comes to educators. Rebecca and Katie are here to discuss their experience with the Teacher of the Year competition, which is timely because this year's super competitive contest is close to wrapping up. Ladies, welcome.
1: Hello. Hello, thanks.
0: Now, Katie, this is your first time on the show, but your buddy Rebecca is a veteran. This is her second time on the show.
1: I'll have to try to keep up with her. Don't
0: be intimidated. It's going to be hard, but we know you can do it because you're a Teacher of the Year, right?
1: Yes, Rebecca is always leaving big shoes to fill everywhere she goes. It is hard to follow Rebecca.
2: Katie, you got your own path.
0: Rebecca, I'm going to start with you. It was just two years ago when you were named the 2020 Gwinnett County Public Schools Teacher of the Year. You had an authentic reaction on that night that was memorable. Does it seem like yesterday or a lifetime ago, given everything that has happened with the pandemic?
2: So it seems like both. And I think in my life, I, time is, what is time at this point with COVID? Um, but, and I know for a lot of people, it seems like it's drone on and on and on with me. <laughs> but, um, but it was such a special night when I'll remember forever and, Again, just still so thankful for all of the love and support and encouragement um, since then. So,
0: and, and you mentioned it right there. Your reign was different than previous winners because of the pandemic. But you really embraced the moment.
2: Yeah, I um, had the opportunity to be in a situation where things are kind of on pause at the state level for about a year Um, and in that process, Katie got to be selected as last year's teacher of the year for the district and, um, obviously did and has done an amazing, amazing job. She's such an incredible teacher and leader and yes. So it's been a unique process and, um, I'm again, so thankful for it, but, um, I'm just so proud of Katie and the work that she's done since then as well.
0: Katie, as we're approaching the end of your reign, what is it that you will remember most about your time as the Teacher of the Year?
1: I think the thing I'll remember most is the thing I'll remember from the very beginning. It is so surreal. Like, I just feel like I'm this, like, off-the-wall teacher who loves kids and says crazy stuff sometimes. And then it's still surreal that I'm, like, the Gwinnett County Teacher of the Year right now, and that I'm supposed to be Miss Prim and Proper. It's just all so surreal and it feels crazy that it's already been a year. Like today I was in classrooms observing the new top six for the new teacher of the year and I keep thinking this was me a whole year ago. Like I can't believe how much I've grown since then but also it feels like yesterday.
0: And I'll ask both of you, Katie you first, given that everything that's happened with COVID, do you feel like you've missed out on anything?
1: There are some things that I think you know have been a little different than I would have expected because of COVID and Um, But I also think that technology has enabled us to connect with people in a different way. You know, I was able to host the second annual Teach of the Year Think Tank that Miss Rebecca started, and I was able to connect with over 100 teachers in one time, you know, and that probably wouldn't have happened in the days where we all had to drive to one location and everyone's schedule, but with people being able to join through technology in different locations and times in their life, it's enabled us to connect in ways we may not have been able to connect before. So Making a sweet, positive moment on sometimes a sad thing. You know, um, COVID's been challenging, but we've made made it work with all different ways.
0: Rebecca, what about you?
1: I love Katie's attitude,
2: and I love how she leads with such positivity and vision and innovation. And um, so I think, and I think there's so many teachers that have done that too in their own classroom worlds. And so I've tried to highlight that um, when I've seen it. From other teachers and i've tried to take advantage of it and that's inspired me to do the same in my little sphere of influence over here um so i think there's definitely things that you miss out on but it's the things that you know the bright and shiny stuff of the get-togethers and the, the big in person celebrations and everything um getting to go join different conferences or other celebrations so That stuff we've missed out on, and I think everyone misses getting together with people in real life as much as we used to, but um, I think it's, like Katie said, opened up different opportunities and new opportunities to connect with people in different ways, and I just, um, I mean, even just thinking about the question you asked Katie earlier about her process this year and how it's been a year since she had, since we were in her room watching her teach, and I mean, I just remember sitting in a room crying and crying, literally tearing watching her teach last year. That was something we got to do in person, was do those observations in person, which I was really excited about. We didn't miss out on that. Um, So she's just an incredible educator. And I know there's so many incredible educators not missing a beat despite COVID. And so I'm so proud of the teachers in our district that have been able to keep moving forward despite the challenges.
0: Many people, though, outside of the education world don't really understand how this process works. So how does someone at the, at a local school level get nominated?
1: So a lot of people may think that it's actually a popularity contest and it could not be like furthest from that. There are so many essays that go into this rubrics, um, committees. So let's start from the basics. So everyone has a local school and in your local school someone can nominate you to be the teacher of the year for your school then the all the nominees will take will decide if they want to actually apply and to apply you have to complete five essay questions on how you use data in your classroom and why you should be the teacher of the year and all these other questions and it's about 10 pages of essays so all the people who decide to apply for the local school they, they give their essays to a committee in your local school, and that committee reads all the essays and ranks them based on a rubric. Then you come out with the top three teacher of the years, top three candidates for your school to be teacher of the year, and then the whole school votes again. So that is how the local school teacher of the year is decided. And then Rebecca, would you like to share the next part on how how you go from a local school teacher of the year to competing against the rest of Gwinnett County? Yes. So
2: once the board or committee reads all of the top all of the essays from all of the local schools, they choose a top twenty-five, and there is a very rigorous rubric that they have to follow. They get together and um, calibrate they're grading and scoring so they make sure they're all on the same page. It's administrators and district leaders and teachers from across the district. So a great variety of people who read those and they spend hours and hours reading hours. all the essays. <laughs> hours.
0: <laughs> so it's not quick is what you're telling me, right?
1: Yeah, not quick. Like I read 25 <laughs> essays and there were 350 pages of just the top 25.
0: Wow. Yes hours. It's wow. a lot. So, so Rebecca, what went through your mind when you found out you were nominated and then won for North Gwinnett High?
2: At the local school level, I think, and people say this all the time, that really out of all of the levels, I think the local school level is probably the most impactful and significant because it's the people you work with every day. It's the people that see you at your best and your worst. The people who um, challenge you to be better. The people who lift you up when you're like really struggling and it's you're teaching family and those are the people that nominate you and then also they're the people that nominate you and also vote for you and support you through the whole thing so when I was nominated obviously that's a huge honor um and actually my first year I was nominated and I got in the top three at the at our local school and I didn't win and it was fine everything is fine (laughs)
3: <laughs> and
2: then, and then, then, I think it was two years after that, I got back in the top three and then won that year in 2019, and obviously having gone through that, that year where it didn't happen, I think it was that much sweeter that I had taken feedback and grown over those years and gotten more experience and learned more and sought more mentorship. And was able to see the fruits of that and the love from my peers and colleagues at that point so it was just very overwhelming it's still very overwhelming to think about that local school process um, and still such an honor
0: what about you Katie how did you when you got that notice that that you were it what went through your mind
1: I was honestly shocked. So I teach at Sugar Hill Elementary and it's a very veteran school because no one wants to leave it. It's truly the sweet life. Um, Sugar Hill is known for being a great school with great people. And there are so many people in that building that have um that have fed into me, who have cheered me on on my, like Rebecca said, awful days, and then laughed at me when I'm doing crazy dress up days on my best days, and just to be nominated and then selected to be the teacher of the year by the people I look up to most was once again surreal, and secondly, shocking, you know? Um, and you just hope that you do a good job at representing these people that you care about so much. Like, these are the people who I care of their opinion, you know? They cheer me on. They, I learn from them, and they lead me. So to be recognized as the Teacher of the Year for my school was just the greatest honor of the whole thing.
0: You mentioned earlier, Katie, about the paperwork required. Sounds a little daunting.
1: Yes, honestly it was, and it kind of felt like I was back in college again, where I had to write all those essays and really put my best foot forward to make sure that I not only sounded professional and was able to correctly communicate my thoughts and beliefs as educa- as an educator, but also that my personality shined through because, you know, my writing can look very academic, but I'm a very social and happy-go-lucky kind of person. And so I wanted to make sure that my essays came across as me, but also the best sides of me, You know what I mean? And it was a lot, all the writing and all the essays. But again, it makes it that much sweeter when you realize like all your hard work came to fruition.
0: Rebecca, what are the finalists going through right now?
1: So this is
2: such an intense process. Um, it's it's very rigorous and I appreciate the way the district Leads really take so much thoughtfulness and, can, and care in the way that they score and observe and support the top six finalists in this process. Um, but but right now, today and tomorrow, the top six are getting ready to be observed uh, in their classrooms, in their worlds, so that they can show off their best instructional practices in their element with their kids. Um, I know when I was preparing for it, I literally came up here on a Saturday <laughs> To make sure that all of my groupings were right, all of my documents were ready to go, my copies were made, that I knew what was going on, you know, to just to make sure that I had everything in order because um, literally we work with documents every single day, but that day I was like, no, I just need to make sure everything's in place. So I know that they are probably thinking through every piece of their lesson for that day that um, they're going to be observed. And so they've written more essays. They're getting ready for this observation. They're getting ready for an interview that they have to do with the committee that is working for the selection. And so I know these teachers are going to be amazing. They just need to be themselves. They're chosen for a reason and it's no mistake that they've been chosen and their applications have clearly shown through about who they are and the great work that they do, the great impact that they've had on their schools and communities. And so they just need to articulate that and keep doing the great work that they are already being recognized for doing.
0: Katie, what was your night before the observation like?
1: (laughs) A little nervous is an understatement. I spent the entire weekend changing everything I was doing because I think I found out on Thursday or Friday that they were coming the following Monday. And they were not coming during my normal math time or during my it was like right after recess during snack like when I do snack and an interactive read aloud and then science social studies you know it was not a prime time um so I was a nervous wreck to be honest I read everything because I wanted to show my best teaching I wanted to show like this is what I'm capable of and this is what my kids do every day and I really wanted to highlight that. So like Rebecca said, I worked all week long, all weekend long to make sure that I was going to bring my A-game, even though it was right after recess and during snack, I was going to bring my A-game because you don't mess around with a second grader snack time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> snack time, you got all that sugar, that energy. Yeah, that was a challenge for sure. Yes. Uh, Katie, what do you remember <laughs> from that special night when It was all about you. Your name was called. You were named the 2021 Gwinnett County Public Schools Teacher of the Year.
1: I'll say it once and I'll say it a hundred times. It was surreal. It was so shocking to me because, you know, you live in this world where you think that like you're just in your little second grade bubble and you impact only these kids. And, you know, it seems like everyone else is doing such other amazing things like Um, Philip Peavy is the high school teacher of the year and he's doing like video game designs with his kids and coding and all this stuff that just seems so over the top amazing to me, you know, so to just be chosen as an elementary teacher, I feel like second grade even primary. To bring that to the table and represent the primary teachers across the county just made me feel so honored and proud. It was just truly surreal, shocking. I could not believe it. I think when they called my name, I sunk down into my chair and covered my face. It was the most unflattering picture of me ever. <laughs> but I was so shocked. I couldn't believe it. I just like crouched down like in just disbelief. And then I hugged my principal first. said my husband because I didn't know what to do.
0: <laughs> that is funny. And, 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 and Rebecca, tell us about your special night. The thing we most remember, at least I will remember, is the joke you made about your husband. Uh...
2: Yes. Oh my goodness. He is so proud of this and has continued to carry this on. But basically when they called me for high school teacher of the year, the first like round of it, and they say high school teacher of the year by Carlisle, that's the most, that's really very shocking because (laughs) I did not think I was going to get that far. So anyways, it was at the infinite energy center and it's kind of a long walk up to the stage. And so, you know, People clap, and then after a while, they get tired of clapping because it takes you too long to go to the stage, and so then it was silent, and my husband, you hear, all you hear is a very loud boo <laughs> from the audience, okay, and nobody, everyone's like, oh. and it, okay, and it's like district leaders, all of the sponsors, literally all of my bosses, um, Bernard, you know, and so... I knew exactly who it was, and so I get up to the microphone, and everyone's like, oh, and I was like, that was my husband. <laughs> <laughs> it was an inside joke, because my youth minister was also there that night, because his wife was teacher of the year for her school, and we always did these youth, summer youth camps, and when I, and it was a joke, because every time I'd get up there to speak, Philip would boo me, because he thinks it's hilarious, and it makes me not nervous. And so, when I'm on the edge of tears from my anxiety because I'm so nervous about speaking, he boos me and he thinks he's so funny. And so, my youth minister and Philip had joked right before the whole ceremony got started, the whole program got started that night of Teacher of the Year. What if you boo? What if she gets up there and you boo him? And Philip was like, "I'm gonna do it." And I said, "No, you're not." <laughs> and then he did it. And so, after the program that night, Philip is getting high fives from husbands the entire rest of the night. And I was getting emails from other people after that saying, that was hilarious. I cannot believe your husband did that. That is so funny. Like this, my husband thinks he is the most funny person in the world at this point.
1: Oh my gosh. (laughs) I cannot believe he did that. So embarrassing. So
2: embarrassing. (laughs) But I, sorry, but I stopped crying. (laughs) So it
0: worked. Hey, mission accomplished, right?
2: Mission accomplished.
0: So let me ask both of you, What is the hardest thing about being Teacher of the Year?
1: I think the hardest thing is the unreal expectation that automatically, well, at least for me, I don't want to speak for anyone else. I put an unreal expectation on myself that just because I was my school's Teacher of the Year, Elementary School Teacher of the Year, and then Gwinnett County Teacher of the Year, that I was supposed to be perfect. Every day, I thought I was supposed to be a – top-notch never make a mistake i'm representing all these people kind of perfect and you know i even talked to rebecca about that like i feel like everything i do has to be perfect now and that's how what i kind of struggled with the first part of it you know i'm a people pleaser and i'm a rule follower and i'm gonna do my best every day and then i think i had to remind myself Katie, you are teacher of the year, not because you're perfect, but because you're a real person. And, you know, I put that unreal expectation on me. The county didn't put that on me. Rebecca didn't put that on me, even though she does leave big shoes to fill. She did not put that on me. And I put that on myself because you want to do greatness when you're in this role and you want to represent teachers to the highest degree. And, you know, whenever I was asked to do interviews, the only thing I thought about the whole time was let me represent my school well and let me let me represent Gwinnett County well. That is what I thought the whole time, you know, and you just want to do well. So for me, it was the unreal pressure and unexpected pressure that I didn't need to put on myself, but I wanted to represent my county and my school in the way that they should be represented. Rebecca, what do you think? I don't know.
2: Well, mine's the exact same thing. I think that, especially in COVID, it was like, I'm supposed to be the most innovative, I think. I don't know. Am I supposed to know how to do this in the time of COVID, in this concurrent teaching and this whole new situation and so I had to release that pressure too and I think I still feel a lot of it. But um I I definitely was not the best at all the technology and I am not the best at any really of the things, I think. So I think what I had to lean into was seeking out the people that are really good at that. And I think Katie does this so well too, is elevating and lifting up and shining light on the people and educators that are doing such a great job at different instructional practices, right? Especially right now when everyone's trying to figure out what is the best way to help our kids catch up and learn and move, keep moving forward. And so I think the pressure is a lot. And so to our next, Teacher of the Year, County Teacher of the Year, and even the top six, top 25, you know, people are looking to you and you might feel that pressure, but release it and just keep being you and keep elevating the people around you.
0: So what's the best thing about being Teacher of the Year? Rebecca, you start with you.
2: I think for me, what I have loved the most is just getting to know so many more educators in the district at all different levels and also across the state and being able to connect with different educators. I just love hearing what's going on in different people's classrooms, in different people's schools. I loved those two days of going to observe the top six because I loved going to see how other schools function during the day and what teachers are doing at different schools, the great things they're doing. I think what I've really learned because I've been able to connect with so many other educators is, and I keep telling the people this, is we have so many educational challenges, but the answer is in the classroom. I mean, mm-hmm. we have teachers solving our educational challenges right now in their rooms every day, and it's really, really cool and exciting and encouraging, and so the, my favorite thing about this teacher of the year process has just been able, to, just being able to connect with other educators that are doing amazing things, and I get to learn from them. Katie? i really want to
1: piggyback off rebecca because mine's like two parts one becoming teacher of the year has made such a huge county i mean gwinnett county is huge but for real like it's made such a huge county feel more like home you know like now i'm up at the isc seeing what i what these people are doing up here and really they're still supporting teachers and students you know Um, It kind of takes them off their pedestal. You know, I feel like the ISC is like super fancy, but it's made me realize like, no, these people are in it for the same reason I'm in it, for the kids. So it's made this big, giant county feel more like home, more doable. Um, And then my other favorite part of becoming Teacher of the Year is watching teachers give back to the community. So Rebecca started a think tank last when she was the Teacher of the Year. And it's really all the teacher of the years from across the county coming together, and it's a two-part thing. One part is we decided to give back to our schools because everyone was struggling last year during COVID. Seriously, last year, it felt like we were never going to make it to the summer. So we decided how can we give back to the people in our building because people are the most important things. Without people, we cannot do anything. Like that's what my podium is that's what i'll preach on forever we've got to pour back into our people so we did any kind of action to pour back into the people in our building and then our second part was how do we pour back into our community? And so just seeing all these emails flood in with pictures and and stories and ways that these educators who are leaders in their building gave back to not only the people in their building, but also to their community is just so powerful and inspiring. And it makes me feel like, okay, This is why I'm in this job. All these people are here for the same reason. And this is why educators make the biggest difference in the world, because they're giving back to their students, their people, and their community on top of their regular jobs. And that has been my favorite part of being Teacher of the Year.
0: And I know, Katie, you were involved in helping to make that final decision, naming the 2022 Teacher of the Year. Give us a sort of sneak peek on what you were doing. Can you give us some inside information?
1: Yes, only if you don't tell anyone else.
0: Nobody else will hear this. Nobody.
1: Okay. So Gwinnett County has this awesome process. So the top six are evaluated on three different parts. Their essays, a classroom observation, which is where teachers shine, and then an interview afterwards. And I didn't think the interview was going to be this big deal. But honestly, interviewing these teachers after observing them in their classroom was where they truly shined. They were able to share their passions, they were able to share why they do things for the students they have in their classroom, what motivates them, what inspires them, how they connect with their students, and it brings everything to light. So it makes their it makes their teaching come to light, and it makes their essays come to light, and it truly makes these educators shine in what they're experts in. So... Today, we got to observe a middle school, elementary school, and high school teacher who are in the top th- top six, and they we got to observe their teaching, and then we interviewed them after. Tomorrow, we will do the exact same thing for the other three finalists, and then we will decide as a committee who the new Gwinnett County Public Schools Teacher of the Year will be, and I am so excited.
0: Who is it? Tell me.
1: It has been so joyful today, and um like motivating and inspiring just to see what they do in their classrooms and see what they wrote on paper come to life and then interview them about it after and I've I have like a list of things that I'm like I'm gonna go back to my classroom and try this or I'm gonna use that technique in my classroom and like Rebecca said the answer is in our county we we've got the people in the right places and we just need to share these ideas and these kids are going to be where they need to be because of the people in this County.
0: So tell us who it is. Just sneak peek. Just tell us real quick. Whis- whisper it to me.
1: Okay. you Ready? I'll give you the first letter. Here we go. I can't tell you.
0: <laughs> I was like, is she really going to tell me?
1: <laughs> we don't even know. We don't even know. It's a- Yeah, tomorrow is the last three observations and it's going to be great. It's going to be the biggest secret I have ever had to hold on to for like my whole life, I think.
0: That's pretty cool. That's a big responsibility.
1: It is. So don't even ask me about it. Do not even call me.
0: Never. I'm not talking to you ever again after today. (laughs) So don't worry about it. So, okay, ladies, stand by. We're going to take a quick break. But when we return the creative and innovative ways some of the district's best and brightest are engaging and connecting with students, empowering them to learn. Stick around. You don't want to miss it.
1: Wash your hands! First you need some soap, then scrub for 20
4: seconds. If
1: you don't have a clock near you, then sing the ABC song. Be sure to scrub front and back under your fingernails and between your fingers. Dry your hands with a clean towel or a paper towel. For more information, go to
0: www.cdc.gov slash clean hands.
1: The first excellent teacher that we have that's coming with us from Gwinnett County is Dr. Andy Edwards and he is here today to share some amazing techniques he uses in his classroom. Andy, can you tell us what school you're from and what position you have in Gwinnett County?
4: I am teaching at Peachtree Ridge High School and I am the music technology teacher here at my school.
1: That is awesome, thank you Andy. Um, What grade students do you teach?
4: I teach students from 9th through 12th grade. They have the opportunity to take my class four times at different levels, so I get to repeat a few of them through the years.
1: There's nothing like having kids multiple years. Um, Do you mind sharing with us the strategy that you've seen a huge increase in engagement with?
4: So when I first started teaching music technology about five years ago, um, I just taught the class as a music class. It was all it was, walk in the door, let's learn how to play music using computers. And then I got the idea to kind of flip my classroom into a record label. So I rebranded my entire classroom from just music technology to what I like to call Roaring Records, and Roaring Records is our label that we produce music under here in the classroom. So on day one, I welcome the students to class, and I introduce myself as the creative director for Roaring Records and let them know that they have just become my newest batch of producers that uh, we are going to have on staff, and we actually um, not only use them as producers but we use their musical compositions uh through the soundcloud platform to be able to share the work of the students out To different places. For instance, we always make a relaxing CD every year. It's one of the early things we learn about harmony, and it creates a really nice CD. And that CD is actually shared out to the classroom teachers at our school. And oftentimes, you'll walk by a classroom and actually hear other teachers around the building using their music as focus music. And the kids are really uh excited when they get to hear their music coming in another teacher's classroom and different things like that so um, what's unique about our record label is we don't focus on any one genre of music because all of the students are open to create any project in their own voice or their own style of music so we have everything from hip-hop to classical music and everything in between and it's really what the student engages with most as they learn the skills for making music but the, the overall idea of being a producer and getting their own music out there has really helped create this engagement piece with the students. Project turn-in has gone up greatly. Project buy-in has gone in greatly. The overall quality has gone in greatly. And when I grade their work, I try to talk to them as if we were editing their work for sellability. So um, this Is a cool idea, but it's not sellable yet because it's too repetitive or it's too this or that. So we really try to engage that real world piece with the classroom.
1: Andy, that is seriously amazing. I love the real world connection and that you give the kids ownership of what they're producing. I love it. I bet we can all wish that we had a music teacher like you in middle school and high school. Thank you so much, Andy. I truly appreciate you sharing that amazing and innovative strategy with us. Thank you. Okay, next up we have Nicole Merrill. And Nicole, can you tell us where you're from and what grades you teach?
5: Sure, I currently teach at Osborne Middle School and I am a seventh grade special education teacher and I co-teach in the language arts class, but I also have three small group classes as well. So you
1: see kids from all ranges of needs and support. So tell us about what you've done these past few years. It's really increased engagement and student success in your classrooms.
5: Yes, it's really great to be able to work with kids of all different levels. Um, We have kids that are receiving services from special education that are very, very high, but then a lot of other students who need additional support, whether it's inside the classroom or at home. So digital learning was very difficult for a lot of our students, especially when the pandemic first hit. Um, So as a special educator, it's really important to recognize all the individual needs of students and that some parents and families may also need help accessing the material and the resources while at home. Um, It's also very important to understand that everyone whether you're a student with a learning disability or um, just a student in the general ed class everyone learns differently so i did have to start implementing tools and strategies that could be used at home and in the classroom Um, and throughout the last couple of years i've learned a lot about some google chrome extensions that are super helpful for students and parents actually. Um, and recently I have introduced the Google the Google Chrome extension um, known as immersive reader to students, um, especially those students who were in my small group classes. It's a free and simple tool to use and it offers lots of academic advantages and benefits. Um, it allows students with reading deficits, language processing deficit disorders. Um, they can benefit from this extension because they can choose to have Certain things from a website read aloud to them while these students get the accommodation of read aloud in class at home. It was something, it was a piece that was missing for them. So they lacked that academic confidence. So now with this Google Chrome extension, Immersive Reader, they're able to employ it. It's really quick and easy to use, um, and they can have certain pieces of a website read aloud to them. And not only do I implement using that in the classroom, but there's also a Google Chrome extension known as read and write, and it offers much more than just text to speech options. It offers um, text and picture dictionaries. It offers word prediction. There's so much more that the read and write extension offers. So between immersive reader, read and write, these students can feel more confident at school, they can feel more confident at home, and really my families and my parents have benefited from it as well. Um, So those are just some things that I've been working with, making sure my students understand how to read them so that they can access material in school appropriately and at home appropriately.
1: Nicole, that is amazing. I am literally ready to push that out to my class of second graders right now because so many of my students need that. And as one Mm -hmm. educator in the classroom, that's hard to reach all of their individual needs. Um, I would love to ask, do teachers need a lot of training before they push this out to their students' computers or does it come kind of naturally as the program works?
5: So immersive reader is kind of a natural step-by-step. You can learn it very quickly. And I was able to make some videos for my parents and my students back when we were out of school in March of the early pandemic stages. Uh, For Read and Write, I've kind of gone through it during class and all the little tools every now and then during our um, extension learning periods, I'll have students kind of practice with each tool so they can get familiar with it and know how to use it. The Read and Write um, is nice because for a student with an IEP in Gwinnett County, they actually can get that for free. So each student with an IEP can actually download it through their Google Chrome um, account. And we did get some training on it in our school. And I believe across the county, there was some training as well. But again, a very simple tool to use. I don't think there's too much extensive training that goes along with it.
1: That is amazing, Nicole. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. That is going to be so beneficial for students across all needs and abilities. Thank you.
5: You're welcome.
1: All right, next up, we have Angelique Sharp. Angelique, can you please share with us what school you're at and what you teach?
3: I am at Lanier Middle School, and I teach 8th grade Algebra 1 and Accelerated Algebra 1.
1: Awesome, you're right down the road for me. Okay. I'm Lanier Cluster Girls. Yes. <laughs> All right, Miss Angelique, can you tell us what you've done recently in your classroom that's helping students?
3: Yes, so in order for me to help promote engagement for eighth grade, the highest impact that I've seen is the use of equity sticks and a classroom timer. Now, I kind of call it equity sticks because to make it equal amongst the students. So basically I use a timer during class to help manage time and to keep students on task. I assign two helpers each period. I just use my roster to assign students um, daily. To assist with keeping time and to pull names from the equity six bags that keeps me free so I can walk and facilitate the students. And I also utilize the Balanced literacy and numeracy framework daily. So that's the BLN framework and the designated student helper uses the timer to track each section of the framework for me. Cause I can, you know, we can, we can venture off sometimes. And when the timer goes off for student engagement activities, um, like the activator, small group instruction, summarizer, the helper that has the equity sticks, pulls names to allow students to provide answers. And when the timer goes off, the expectation is for all students to have an answer, whether it's right or wrong. Because the names are pulled randomly. So that helps them keep them on task. This practice has been valuable in creating small groups. So the students that are unsure of how to answer a question or students who were absent are now starting to volunteer themselves to receive small group instruction because of the Equity Six. So they know the expectations to have an answer. So if they, um, were absent or they have questions, they say, hey, before, you know, she pulls my name, let me go to the table and get some help because I'm going to be expected to provide an answer. So due to the procedures that I've created, I rarely have to select students for small group instruction because of equity sticks, a timer and two helpers. So every now and then I say maybe about once, maybe twice a week, I may have to pull students. Other than that, they come themselves on their own. The names that are pulled from the equity sticks are documented in our PBIS management tool that we use to to promote positive behavior. Um, As a result, students can gain points daily for participation, respect, integrity, or just being on task. And I found this strategy strategy to be vital towards improving student performance and engagements because students look forward to being chosen as as the helper each day. They anticipate having their names being called so they can earn PBIS points and they feel comfortable in a positive environment receiving small group instruction because they understand now that, you know, every student doesn't that every student needs help at some point. You know, mm-hmm. especially jumping from seventh grade to ninth grade math in eighth grade. So um, it's been very ba- valuable and I've been using it for the past eight years.
1: Angelique, that sounds amazing. Do you know what I love most about it, though, is the ownership. Like, it gives kids the ownership of their learning and to take charge, say, hey, I need help, or I think I'm good right now. I got the right answer. And that is so creative.
3: And that's very valuable for middle school students that's transitioning to high school without eighth graders. Mm -hmm. Like, they have to start being accountable for their own learning and taking that initiative.
1: I love that. And that is kind of what all Gwinnett County is about is producing leaders who are in charge of their own learning angelique that is so creative thank you for sharing your equity sticks with us i think i might need to make some tomorrow okay. <laughs> i love it y'all shared such amazing strategies like i can't thank y'all enough for coming and sharing i know you have busy lives and you registered from bus call or you stayed after school two hours to do this and i just really thank y'all so much and i hope to run into you again soon and if we're ever at a train please holler at me and say hey like i'm just so grateful to get to know y'all and make connections.
5: We appreciate it. I thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Katie. Appreciate it.
1: They say it takes a village to raise a child. The GCPS Foundation takes that to heart. Our goal is to provide support for every student and teacher in Gwinnett County through grants, scholarships, and more. We want to improve student achievement and empower the teachers who make it happen. To believe in the promise of Gwinnett is to be a part of it, We ask for your support. Be a part of the present. Be a part of the future. The future starts here. Make your donation today.
0: Katie and Rebecca, welcome back. We are going to take you back in time to that point in your life that may have caused you two to have a full-on panic attack or maybe just a jolt of super confidence. You know... When your teacher gave you a test or quiz you weren't expecting? In other words, it's time for a pop quiz. I am so nervous. Pop quiz is a series of multiple choice and or true or false questions about Gwinnett County Public Schools that you have two minutes to answer. The hope is at the end of pop quiz, our listeners will have learned a few interesting facts about Gwinnett County Public Schools and you. Are you ready?
1: Yes. Bring it on, I am so nervous. I did not know we were having a pop quiz.
0: Of course, that's why it's called a pop quiz. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Question number one, true or false. North Gwinnett High School was founded before Sugar Hill Elementary.
1: False, true.
0: Actually, it is false.
1: Yes!
0: North Gwinnett High School (laughs) was founded in 1968 and Sugar Hill Elementary dates back to 1915. Look at that, that's some history for you.
1: I'm so competitive, I love these kinds of things, but I'm not good at this kind of knowledge.
0: All right, here we go. Question number two, which cluster has more schools? A, Lanier, B, North Gwinnett. Rebecca, you first. North Gwinnett.
1: I'm going with North Gwinnett.
0: You are correct. Woohoo! North Gwinnett has six schools, including four elementary schools. The Lanier cluster has three elementary schools.
1: Rebecca just high-fived herself. (laughs) I saw that.
0: I saw that. Question number three. How many GCPS teachers have been named Georgia Teacher of the Year? A. Five, B. Two, or C. Three? Katie? Three. C. Rebecca?
1: I think
0: it's two. Rebecca is correct. Uh. Two. Question number four. When was the last time a Gwinnett County Public School's teacher won the State Teacher of the Year Award? A, when George H.W. Bush was president, B, when Barack Obama was president, or C, when Honest Abe Lincoln was president? Rebecca, you first.
1: George H.W.
0: Katie?
1: I think it's George W. Bush too, but I feel like I should go different, so I'm gonna go Obama.
0: It's actually Abe Lincoln. No, I'm joking. No, you are correct, Rebecca. <laughs> it was A when George H.W. Bush was president. And that a winner was Jeff White of Berkmar High School. He won it in 1991.
1: So before I was born, <laughs> that's not a fair
0: question. Wow, she said before she was born. I was born a long time before 1991. You made me feel old, Katie.
1: <laughs> I just feel like that's not a fair question.
0: Look, for this portion of the show, nothing is out of bounds, okay? Now let's get back to the history of the Georgia Teacher of the Year Award. Seven years before Mr. White won it, Dr. K. Harvey of Norcross High School took home the state title back in 1984.
1: Bring, it on, bring on another one.
0: Oh, you want another question? Okay, here you go. What was the highest grossing movie in 1984? Here's a hint. I'm gonna give you a hint because I'm a fair guy. A sequel to it is in theaters right now. And part of the movie's name is Afterlife. Either one of you know? Hello? Didn't think so. Ghostbusters earned $220 million in 1984. Ghostbusters Afterlife is the latest sequel, as I mentioned before, that's in theaters right now.
2: I love a Ghostbusters situation.
0: Do you really, Rebecca? I mean, really? Because there sure was a whole lot of silence when I asked that question. But we're going to move on. Okay. Here's the final question. This is the hardest one yet. Are you two ready?
1: A little nervous.
0: Don't be. Here we go. Would you rather travel the world for free for a year or have $50,000 to spend however you please?
1: Travel the world for free for a year. Hands down. Immediate answer. No second guesses. Rebecca? Okay, travel. Me and Katie, we're going. We're going. What's the road. We're taking the Bernard. Gwinnett County is going to send us on a trip for a year together. Is that what I think I just heard you say? Yeah.
0: You know, I will ask Dr. Watts that the next time I see him. Yeah. Trust me.
1: Yeah. I think he'll approve it. I mean, Rebecca and I, we could do amazing things.
0: Clearly.
2: Yeah. And Bernard can come and we can just interview teachers all over the world as we travel.
1: It'll be fine. Podcasts. So many podcasts. Yes. All
0: right, ladies. Our team of amazing accountants are tabulating your scores and you passed way to go you survived <laughs> Katie and Rebecca thank you so much for stopping by teaching Gwinnett we'll definitely have to have the two of you back again soon
1: Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It was such an honor to be on here with you and so fun.
0: Well, that's going to do it for this edition of Teaching Gwinnett. You can find us on the GCPS Home webpage, Google Play Music, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and just about anywhere podcasts can be found. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Until next time, so long.